You're listening to the Fertility Academy podcast, episode 40. Today, I'm talking with my patient Amanda about her IVF journey. I do want to offer ahead of time that this episode contains infant loss, just so you can be aware. Welcome to Fertility Academy, a podcast where we provide you with information and tools to help you optimize your fertility to grow your family no matter where you are in your fertility journey. We offer interesting, creative, and evidence-based information and give you practical tools to help you get closer to your goal of building a family. I'm your host, Michelle Kapler. I'm a fertility-focused acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner, board-certified fertility specialist, and fertility coach with over 10 years of experience helping my patients build their families. I'm so glad you're here with us. Let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us today. On this episode, I'm going to be interviewing my clinical patient, Amanda. She's been doing IVF for almost five years now, and her journey is still ongoing. I want to share her story because I think her resilience and self-awareness will really inspire you. She shares some wonderful wisdom and advice in our conversation. Before I play the interview, I want to say thank you to all of you who have been listening every week and sharing your five-star ratings and reviews. It means so much to me and helps the podcast become more visible so other people who can benefit from this info can find us too. So thank you. Without further delay, let's play my interview with Amanda. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here. So I've already told the audience a little bit about our relationship in the introduction to the episode, but could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, So I think all of you know, my name's Amanda. Um, My husband, John, um, and I have been married for uh, the last five years. Um, We live in the GTA. Um, We really enjoy cooking and just being outdoors. I actually work for for a major food retailer and um, I work um, in our branding area. And so that's been something that um, I've done for the majority of my career and uh, really am passionate about. Awesome. Thank you so much for letting us get to know you a little bit. So let's like launch right into it. We're going to talk about your fertility story today. And I was telling my audience in the introduction that there's a lot of things that I really admire about you. But um, I think the theme of today for me is really just persistence in the IVF process. And I think that that's something that you've done so beautifully. Um, And that's not to say that it's been perfect. And that's not to say that it's been rainbows and unicorns the whole time. But I've always just really admired how you've navigated everything. So let's dive in. Tell uh, Tell us your story. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for saying that. It means a lot. So, so yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, like I said, my husband, uh, John, and I were married about five years ago. Uh, we knew that we wanted to have children, like, right away. So, um, me being this type A go-getter planner uh, was like, okay, let's get started. And so, I always kind of felt like something maybe would maybe would be off and i i really just wanted to get going so after a few months of trying and and nothing happening went to my doctor and was like no i need to see a fertility person um and so she did refer us to a fertility clinic and we kind of started our our journey there and i think when i first went in 
I, I was a bit naive in the sense of I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to get pregnant. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. Um, but as we started the process and as we started to get into a bit more of the diagnostics in terms of what was happening with us, um, we went through quite a lengthy process of some diagnostic testing um, and a couple of unexpected things came up. Um, and unfortunately, we were told that our best option would be to kind of dive right into IVF right away, uh, which was huge. Like I knew and I was OK in terms of the sense that like I knew we probably maybe needed some help. And I was OK with that. Like we had I had friends and I had family members that had gone through um, assisted um, reproductive technology and had their families. And so it wasn't a new concept to me. Um, and so we were open to it. And, you know, after we realized that IVF would be the best option for us and, and we made the decisions that we needed to make, uh, we just kind of went right into it. So we went for our first round of, of IVF and uh, it was really successful. Like we got a lot of embryos, like everything seemed good. Um, and then we started the, the transfer process. And uh, that's when things started to not necessarily go as I had thought. Uh, I really thought that IVF was like, okay, I'm doing IVF, I'm going to do it. And then at this time, I'm going to get pregnant and then I'm going to have a baby. And that wasn't the case for us. So we ended up with seven embryos from our first IVF um, retrieval, which was a really great result. And everyone was really happy with that. And then we started transferring them. Our first transfers, our first uh, actually four transfers um, didn't work. We had three biochemical pregnancies in those, in those first, in those transfers. And that was really hard because I didn't know that that could happen with IVF. Um, but, you know, I just kept pulling myself up and kept going. Um, and so uh, throughout that time, we did more extensive testing, looking at other things, trying different approaches, trying different protocols. And then with our fifth embryo transfer, um, we were successful and we, uh, we got pregnant with our son. So we were really happy. I was very nervous, of course, being through, you know, going through all of the loss and, and the uncertainty of, you know, what we were doing prior and all of the rounds that we had gone through, um, but hit our 12-week scan, everything was fine, um, and then uh, got to our anatomy scan at 20 weeks and um, unfortunately found out that our um, baby boy was very, very sick. Um, and a few weeks later, he was born, and he uh, passed away, unfortunately. And that was so, like, first, I couldn't even believe, I couldn't even believe that after everything that we had been through, that this could even happen. And it was such a shock and just loss and um, really, really challenging for us, understandably. And so that that was that was about um, a year and a and a half ago in October of 2019 that we had our little boy Gabriel, um, and it was really hard. Like there was a physical aspect of it of of you know giving birth to a baby and then everything that happens to you physically from a postpartum perspective and and not having that baby with you, and then also you know. For me, it was this like desperation to get pregnant again and that I needed to, that I wanted to get pregnant again. And then the other layer on top of it was that I knew I needed to do IVF again. 
in order to even do that. So after we had um, Gabriel, you know, I, it was awful. Like it was so hard for both of us, but I honestly felt that for me to help in my healing journey, like I really needed to try to get pregnant again. And that was what was going to help. And it became this like obsessive thing for me. And uh, that's actually when I started seeing you, Michelle. I think I found you um, from an acupuncture perspective. And I always did acupuncture as part of my my journey um, and a part of my fertility treatment. But what I really loved about um, you and your approach was that you, you didn't make me feel like doing IVF was bad. Like it was really, truly a complimentary experience and a complimentary treatment. And I found that that was, that was so, so helpful for me from a physical perspective, but then also from a mental health perspective in terms of, you know, trying to, to heal and trying to understand what happened with the loss of our son, but then embarking on essentially another IVF journey to have our next baby. So we started uh, trying again when we were cleared to do so, which was about three months, um, and then went through another two embryo transfers that didn't work. Um, and so from there, we were like, okay, we want to keep going. So let's keep going. Uh, did another retrieval. Got a good result again there. Uh, did another transfer in November. Um, got pregnant, which was amazing. Um, but unfortunately lost that baby at uh, seven weeks, which was another huge, huge blow. And I think brought everything from what happened with Gabriel, everything that we've been on in this whole five-year journey to start our family back to the surface. Uh, So it was really, really challenging, Um, really, really challenging for us. Um, and from that, from there, um, kind of brings me to where we are today. Um, so still kind of in the process of trying to have another baby. Uh, we recently decided to get a second opinion and switch to another uh, fertility clinic within the GTA, uh, which has been really positive for us so far. Um, and has been extremely, I think, um, for me, has given me a renewed sense of hope and optimism in, in all of this and with all of the loss and with all of the failure. I'm going to call it failure, even though I don't like to refer to it as failure, but with all the loss and all the, the challenges with the cycles that we've had. Um, and we're just uh, in, the, in the process of kind of preparing to do another transfer um, once, you know, I'm ready, once our, my body's ready. Um, and so that's where, where we're at today. Wonderful. Well, not wonderful, but wonderful that you shared all of it with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, thank you. So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, obviously. Yeah. But one thing that comes to mind for me is that you've been working with IVF as an approach to your fertility for, for quite some time now. It's been, it's been a few years. You've done quite a few rounds. And I'm wondering... How has it been for you navigating, choosing over and over and over again to keep going? What has that been like for you? So um, it's interesting that you say that. Um, and it's interesting that you ask that question because for me, it's not going forward has n- never been an option. 
So it was only up until like only recently where I actually sat there and thought about like, do we, do I want to keep doing this? Um, But the answer that I always keep coming back to is yes. We had our son and as traumatic of an experience as that was for me and for us, it deeply solidified that I wanted to have more children and that I wanted to keep going and that stopping, at least at this stage, was not an option for me and not an option for us. Um, And so I think that that has always been what has kept me going. And I also think that what I have learned through our kind of, I would say almost, almost like four and a half years of going through this is that there are so many people that will help you along the way. And when I say that, I think I I believe and what I mean is like there are alternate things that you can try. There are alternate opinions that you can get. There are so many amazing medical professionals and I'm so like lucky and thankful that we live in the GTA because I think we have access to so many people as part of this community that you can really reach out to to gain insight, to gain information, to gain perspectives on how things could be different that could potentially yield a different result. And I think for me, as I have, as I've been kind of, as we've been going through this, I always have tried to ask myself, like, what else can I do? Who else can I reach out to? What, how else can I keep going and achieve my goal? by being supported through, you know, these other networks and these other communities and these other areas that are outside of just the actual clinical kind of setting. Totally makes sense. And that's something that I've always noticed and admired about your approach to things. You know, you've always prioritized having a really good support team in place and you've always prioritized reaching out to people and, uh, and taking those different perspectives and applying them when it's been right for you. And that in and of itself is a skill. I don't know if you realize that, but it obviously comes very naturally to you. But for those who maybe don't have that, that gift naturally to be able to cultivate that community, can you tell us a little bit about the people that you've worked with and some who have been on your team and in your community? Absolutely. Um, So one of the first kind of um, outside of, so I think for me, like the relationship, of course, with your doctor and with your your primary care physician from a reproductive endocrinology perspective is super important. Um, I really believe heavily in like advocating for yourself, asking questions, and really feeling like a partner in your fertility journey. I think that that has that's been a part that's been really important to me. And it's super overwhelming, right? Because you don't, you're not a doctor, you don't know. Um, And then you get into the whole Google hole of like researching all of these things, and then bringing that back and trying to make sense of all of it. And that sometimes, well, actually, most of the time is not very helpful. But it's answering, I think it's asking the questions and not being afraid to ask the questions. Um, one thing like I'll mention is I was always really scared to get a second opinion. I don't know why, um, but I felt like it was this big overwhelming thing. And then when I did it, it was really straightforward and um, it was a really positive experience. 
And so I would say on that front is like not, not being scared to, um, ask people. It doesn't mean you have to make the move. It doesn't mean you need to change and uproot what you're doing. Um, but getting different perspectives. And what I've learned is the community, especially the medical community in, in reproductive endocrinology is quite tight. Um, and so they very much want to help. They want to help couples get to their, their goals for their family. And I was always so scared of that. And um, we had such a wonderful experience. And we actually ended up getting two additional opinions outside of our um, clinic. And they were both wonderful. And they both referenced one another and referenced our current doctor. And so that part is just like getting over that fear for me was, was a really big thing. But the second piece in terms of support outside of like the clinicians at the fertility clinic um, was really like mental health support. That's been a really big um, piece in my journey. And so I, I started to see a social worker um, that specialized in counseling for fertility um, very shortly after we found out that we needed to do IVF. And she has been so incredibly helpful in my journey in the sense of being able to provide a different perspective and tools, but also being able to connect me with other people that have gone through something similar. Um, the biggest part for me, both in our fertility journey, but then also in losing our son was I felt like I was the only person that this had happened to. And having you know, others that have gone through similar situations to be able to talk to and, and to, and to support one another has been so foundationally important for me in terms of being able to cope and manage and navigate through a lot of these ups and downs that we've had. Um, and then the third piece, Michelle is like, just really reaching out to like, I found you, I know, just by doing some Googling online, and, and we had a consult and um and we hit it off right away and i i really decided right away that nope i need michelle to be part of my team i need michelle to be part of my journey um and that was a lot of just trial and error sometimes too like i can tell you that i've seen a lot of practitioners that i just haven't had the connection with and it just hasn't worked for me and and that's okay like i think just realizing that at the, at the onset and, and being okay with making a move or being okay with saying, you know, I don't feel right about this. I don't think that this person's the right person for, to be on my team right now. I saw a couple of acupuncturists <laughs> before I met you that made me really feel really shitty about the fact that I was doing IVF. I think that's so interesting. And you're certainly not the first person who's given me that feedback. And sometimes it's a value judgment. And sometimes it's just lack of information and experience and complete misinformation. I mean, I've had, I had one woman come in and she was in a same sex couple. And she went to an acupuncturist and the acupuncturist said, well, you don't need to do fertility treatments, just just relax and it'll happen. And it's like, well, no, there's two uteruses and no sperm in the this relationship. So clearly, we need medical <laughs> intervention. So, you know, sometimes I think that I mean, not to get on too much of a tangent away from your personal story. But I think it speaks to the fact that if you can find somebody who has a lot of experience dealing with your particular situation, that can be really helpful. 
Absolutely. And another thing that I'll add there too, and I mean, this has been super helpful for me, but I would say um, I would add like a little caution to this too. So um, social media. So I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Um, I have found an incredible, incredible um, community of people um, that have been doing IVF from uh, like around the world, but but also just specifically in, in Canada um, and that share their journeys, uh, which I think can be good and bad because there's a lot of like comparison that can happen through fertility journeys as well. So it's, you have to be mindful of that. However, um, what I love about it is that it's been, it's allowed me to connect with a lot of people that have been through similar situations and that have navigated it differently or have tried potentially different things that I was able to kind of talk to them about, um, to ask them about their experiences, to ask them about how they they went about it. So I'll give you an example. Like um, I actually connected with two women um, who were patients of my new doctor at my new clinic. And I was having a, I was really nervous because I had to move our embryos from one clinic to the other. And I had like, no, how am I going to do this? What does this mean? Like, and it was super overwhelming. And I was able to connect with someone who had done the exact same thing, who had the exact same position as me, who was able to give me some insight and some information on her experience prior to us even meeting the doctor. And that made me feel really um, at ease because I knew that other people had done it. I knew that they could do it. I knew that it wasn't this onerous, overwhelming process. And that I found has always grounded me. So I feel like while, you know, social media can be a curse sometimes and there is, there's a lot of comparison and stuff that happens. I think just the ability to connect with people and understand that it's not just you that's going through this and that other people have, you know, gone through and overcome a lot of obstacles um, has really helped me as well. That's really good advice. And I think that 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 caution is really important because like anything that you could utilize in your journey and your process, there are advantages and disadvantages. And a lot of it comes down to paying attention and, and recognizing when things might be going in a direction that isn't serving you and just you know, knowing that and trying something else and not being afraid to try something else. I think that speaks to your point that you made earlier. So thank you for highlighting that. That's awesome. And I just want to say, um, Michelle, that like, it's, this is not easy. Like it's taken me so long to, I don't want to say get here because I'm like, I don't know, am I here? Am I not here? I, I don't know. Like I still sometimes feel like the way that I navigate and the way that I manage this isn't great most days. But it's been a lot of like learning for me. And one of the things that I'm working on is like also being compassionate with myself. And if I try something and it doesn't work, or if I do something and it doesn't feel right, like that's okay. Um, and so I don't want this to come across at all. Like I figured it out and I've cracked the nut because I, I don't think you can ever crack the nut in this, but it's just trying to be open and trying to be, I think, kind to yourself through all of this um, and, and figuring out kind of what works for you and what helps you kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other, which is different every day. 
That's really important. And it actually brings me to an interesting question. I imagine that, you know, being at this for nearly five years, I would imagine that this experience has changed your relationship that you have with yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's interesting because I was actually thinking about this um, the other day. And it like made me angry a little bit because <laughs> I am a perfectionist, like by nature. Um, and of course, our journey, all of our, ex- our experiences have been like the furthest from perfect and the furthest from what I would even have been able to imagine um, that our life, our journey to our family would be. And there is a big component of it that is like, I'm not the same person that I was five years ago when we started. And then I'm not the same person that I was, you know, before we lost our son. And I'm not the same person that I was after we've gone through like another whole year of now secondary infertility and another loss. And that's hard because it, it makes me really angry sometimes. I'm like, well, I wish I could be like this. I wish I could not be jealous of other people who are pregnant because that happens sometimes. Like, I'm not going to say that that doesn't happen because it does. Um, I wish I could, you know, be more relaxed about certain things. I wish I didn't have to think about how I budget for potentially another round of IVF and what financial implications that has. And not even that, but like, what kind of implications that has for my life. Okay, we can't go on vacation. We can't do this. We can't do this. We have to kind of plan around it. So with all of that being said, I think um, it has definitely changed me as a person. Um, But I think it's allowed me to give myself a little bit more grace. Uh, I'm definitely not good at it. I'm still super hard, super hard on myself. Um, And I think I should be doing things this way or should be reacting this way. Um, But in the last few months, I've really tried to let that go. And I've really tried to just be um, and not beat myself up when I'm not feeling great. Um, Or when I feel like I'm not managing things well, or I feel like some days that I don't, I want to stop and I I don't want to do this anymore. Um, And I think just being okay with that. I used to kind of beat myself up a lot about how I was feeling. And I think when I stopped doing that, it made things a little bit easier for me. Um, And it allowed me to have the compassion for myself and really put myself first in terms of what I needed for my mental and emotional well-being as we were going through this, or as we are still going through this really, really um, difficult kind of process um, to try to expand our family. Yeah, I think that piece about self-compassion is huge because, I mean, life inevitably, I guess not inevitably, but, you know, most of us as humans will go through challenges in one way or another. And infertility happens to be the challenge that you are handed at this point in time. And, you know, people go through hard stuff and that's not to minimize it. It just, it's just how life is. And our human brains often hand us these thoughts that we're not doing it right. And we're not 
being perfect and we're not reacting well and we're not handling it correctly. And the way you talk to yourself in those moments is so important and it can really affect the outcome of how you end up at the all at the end of all of it. And my rule of thumb is if your best friend was going through this, would you say those things to her? And if the answer is no, you absolutely shouldn't be saying it to yourself either. Oh, absolutely. And I think about that sometimes too, because I think naturally I'm just like really hard on myself with things, but it's easy to to forget and it's easy to kind of get caught in a bit of that that mindset and that thought pattern and and it's tough. It can make it a lot tougher. And I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect at it, but I have found that giving myself a little bit more grace and, and that self-compassion have, have helped. Wonderful. And time too. Mm-hmm. People always told me, yes, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And it would always be, I'm like, I don't know. I want to feel better now. And time has helped a lot. Yeah. Time and paying attention. I, I think you're definitely somebody who wants to pay attention and wants to be the watcher and the observer and look at all of these thoughts that are coming through your brain. It can be a, kind of fascinating if you remove yourself from it one degree. It's kind of like, okay, my, my brain is handing me that thought now. What am I going to do with that? How am I going to feel about that? Exactly. I know. <laughs> so my last question for you is, do you have any words of advice for people, maybe people who have done many rounds of IVF, or maybe for people who are just getting started, anything you want to tell the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's a great question. I'm, I think the biggest thing for me um, is setting your expectations. I think I mentioned this earlier, but I went into it thinking this was going to be like a slam dunk. And when it didn't work for us the first time, I felt I got into this mindset that it was never going to work because it didn't work the first time. And the more that I went through it, the more that I heard other people's stories, the more I realized that more often times than not, it takes a while to work. Um, and so I think just grounding in the expectations and knowing that, you know, just because you had one outcome one time doesn't mean it's going to be the same the next time. That would be my first piece. Um, my second piece is really surrounding yourself with people that can support you. Uh, at the beginning of our journey, um, I didn't tell a lot of people what was going on. And I it was really isolating. Because we, there was this big thing that my husband and I were going through and like no one knew what was happening. And so I started to kind of confide in our family and let them know what was happening. Of course, to your level of comfort in terms of, you know, what you want to share and what you don't want to share. Because I know this is a super private, personal, you know, experience for a lot of people. Um, but I found like it took a really big weight off of me. Um, so there was that aspect from a support perspective. But then also from a support in terms of your, um, your medical team, um, your medical team at the clinic, your medical team outside of the clinic, whether that be naturopaths or acupuncturists or, or other practitioners that, that can help, that can provide alternative and complementary therapies in terms of what you're doing. Um, I think that seeking that out, if you're able to, was a really big, big part for me. 
um, that had helped that has helped tremendously. Um, and then the third thing is not giving up if it's something that's in your heart and if you feel like you want to keep going. Um, I know a lot of people decide that they don't want to keep going and that's absolutely like that's a huge decision and that is a hundred percent valid decision. but I do also think that if you want to keep going, not giving up and knowing that there could be different ways, there are other people that you can consult that could offer you different perspectives. And that just because something doesn't work out doesn't necessarily mean that it's the end at that time. So good. Thank you so much. I appreciate both of those pieces of advice. I think that this episode is really going to help a lot of people. Thanks, Michelle. I hope so. So that was my interview with Amanda. We spent a little time chatting after the recording and she was saying, I don't want to come off like I know all of the answers. And I said, I think that confidence and wisdom comes from being at this for nearly half a decade. I think people will find comfort in hearing somebody speak so confidently about where they're at and where they're going. But I do want to know what you think. Come on over to Instagram and let us know how this episode sat with you. You can find me at Michelle Kaffler, and I want to hear from you. Send me a DM, comment on the episode post, let me know what you think. I'm going to be back next week with another episode. Until then, take care. Thank you for joining us on Fertility Academy. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you loved our content today, please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share it with someone who you think might find it helpful. Don't forget to subscribe to be the first to be notified of new episodes. A new one comes out every Wednesday. To keep in touch with us and to continue the conversation, you can find us over on Instagram at Fertility Academy or join us on our private Facebook group, the Fertility Academy Community. Both are linked in the show notes today. Until next time, have a great week.